You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Spring training winding down. Opening day at Target Field one week from today. We've learned Joe Ryan will get the start, and Joe Young Park, who covers the Twins for MLB.com, joins us. Joe, good to visit with you. Steve, it's been a while. How you been? Yeah, good, good. How's Florida? Uh, it's uh, warm and humid, and uh, it's been, I've been down here since the start of minor league camp, so I'm uh, pretty excited that opening day is coming up and ready to head back home to the good old Midwest. Well, what's crazy, it's been an abbreviated spring training, but it, it is a long haul when pitchers and catchers traditionally – uh, report in, in February, and uh, yeah, I, I think by the time a regular spring training is over, everybody's ready to get out of there and head north. No kidding, and there's just so much excitement for this regular season, right, with uh, Carlos Correa obviously in town, all the changes that have come to the team over the last really three weeks or so, and uh, even something like Joe Ryan being named opening day starter today, like you just mentioned. A lot of things to be excited about come the regular season, and I personally am just excited to watch it all play out. Yeah. Um, it, it really has been a, a whirlwind, and we knew it would be coming out of the lockout uh, for every club, particularly the Twins that had a lot of needs. And the, the, the thought is, when it comes to the starting pitching, that, that they're not done yet. And, and this could be a work in progress even into the regular season, all the way up to the trade deadline midsummer. Yeah, there's that thought, and I think um, the way that they did complete their starting rotation for opening day, signing Chris Archer, there's also there with Archer, a lot of risk, and at the same time, I don't think um, I, I, I don't think this is how they envisioned their kind of quest for finishing out the rotation, ultimately settling. Right? I mean, like I said, there's Archer's a great dude. He's got upside coming up. Um, he's familiar with the organization. The organization. There's a lot of people in the, from the Tampa organization now with the twins that know him but i think like you mentioned when you trade for sunny gray when you add a carlos correa um i think everybody and i think every this goes into the clubhouse too was waiting for okay what's the next big pitching shoe to drop because i think there was that kind of expectation it was coming but with um kind of the post lockout state of the baseball ecosystem what ended up happening was all the free agents had already kind of big name free agents had already gone before the lockout began so what ends up happening is you got a couple teams that have the starting pitchers, and the Twins have definitely been in contact with the Oakland Bays. But when it comes to a trade, it takes two to tango. And I think um, the indications so far have definitely been that the A's have not been as engaged on the trade front as I think a lot of teams expected for those two guys, Frankie Montes and Sean Manaya, especially um, with regards to Montes, who's been drawing a lot more interest around the league. And uh, when that didn't materialize, then um, the Twins certainly made no secret of their desire for, uh, for Montes in particular and Manaya as well. Um, they just kind of had to, you know, you got to add somebody uh, as far as the pitching rotation goes. And Archer was stretched out. 
he was ready to go. The Twins had been in contact with his people, um, had understood that he was ready to step into the starting rotation right away, and that's where it's at right now. And like you said, it might still be incomplete. You never know what's going on. Um, you never know when these teams that have these trade assets will choose to unleash them, maybe when injuries come about or at the trade deadline or whatnot. But it's definitely going to be a lot more fluid, I think, in the early part of the season than uh, what we've come to expect over the last few years, that's for sure. Young Park joins us. He covers the Twins for MLB.com, and he's on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline tonight here on Sports to the Max. Uh, back to the opening day starter and Joe Ryan. Uh, what an honor for the youngster to, to get the nod. Uh, take us through maybe the why him over others that were available to start opening day. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is that Joe Ryan has I mean, it's obviously a small sample size, but he's been fantastic in his time with the Twins. Only five big league starts to his name, obviously, but he has been, he was borderline unhittable in four of those five, really. I mean, I remember back to that second big league start ever, um, that day in Cleveland. I was there when he took a perfect game into the seventh inning. And again, his second big league start. That's part of it. Um, another part of it, too, is um, especially with the short and spring training, there's a lot of like ramp-up and workload considerations on the starting staff. And especially coming into this camp, it was the two young guys in the rotation, Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober, that really, came, I think, came in um, with the best, I guess with the loosest arms and ready to ramp up in that way. And I think the other major candidate that would have been in play for the starting nod, and I think um, he was kind of the presumptive opening day starter in a lot of our eyes, Sonny Gray, when the Twins acquired him from the Reds in that trade, um, he's actually been tracking a little behind the rest of the starters. Um, we actually even haven't seen him, haven't even seen him in a big league spring game yet because the one time he's pitched has been in a minor league game. And so I think um, a combination of those kinds of things just kind of made it make sense. Um, um, and obviously having pitched well um, in his entire duration of major league, major league career with the twins, I think it all lined up and, um, He's certainly not a guy that's going to shy away from the spotlight or, for, or from something like that. Very cool, very collected, um, ice in his veins. I know that's kind of a trite saying, but uh, definitely does apply to him. And when you look at the Twins' everyday lineup, um, I, I think it was easy to project after Correa signed what, what the lineup would, would look like day in and day out and the flexibility that Rocco Baldelli has. I, I would think right now the the club has to feel very good about that 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 batting order day in day out at the moment. Yeah, I mean you added the star power with Correa to kind of sure. replace the production in a way of Nelson Cruz, uh, but it's even beyond that where you've swapped out a couple key pieces, but you've got two guys with playoff experience and Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela in the fold now, and uh, even more than that, you look at the lineup right now. There's no real spot for Luis Arise to play every day. Um, that says something about where the lineup is at. Um, they sent down Jose Miranda and Trevor Larnick. Miranda, obviously, I don't know what more he has to show in the minor leagues. He's the defending Twins minor league player of the year. Astonishing breakout last year. Um, and Larnick, uh, obviously, we saw a taste of him um, hot and then cold in the big leagues last year and had a great spring. Um, he was sent down to those two guys will be starting on a lot of big league clubs. And the fact that um, those guys are there's just no spot on the roster for them right now. So that speaks a lot to not just the talent, but also the depth of the lineup. And as we've seen plenty of times before, including when uh, the Twins were on their seventh center fielder at some point last year, uh, depth is really what 
wins championships as much as star power does. And the Twins seem to have that in spades, at least on the offensive side right now. Yeah, Correa Buxton uh, in the middle of the lineup could be uh, pretty impressive. Uh, but one, one player that stands out to me is Miguel Sano and what he brings to the table in the 2022 season is he he's been at times like wow this guy the, the just ridiculous power and then at other times it's just an absolute strikeout machine and a lot of disappointing at bats and uh, my my sense is really a make or break year for Miguel Sano at this point it's a make or break year but at the same time i think it's a make or break year for him personally not so much from the twin standpoint as far as it comes to Miguel because this is his walk year this is his um this is his potential free agency walk year. And so regardless of what happens, you know, if there's if something disappointing does happen with this season, we, know, we do know, like you said, how streaky Miguel can be. You know, there's yes. periods where he's scorching hot. There's periods where he's ice cold. And I don't even think the Twins really know why those come and go. You just kind of ride the waves as they come and go. Um, but at the same time, I think we saw it last year, too, where and you see, you know, there's urgency this year because they got Carlos Correa maybe for just a year. Um, where they weren't afraid to say, hey, you're struggling right now. Alex Kirilov is a consistent hitter, fantastic glove at first base. We're not afraid to turn to him until you're right. Um, I don't think they would ever really cut ties with Sano altogether, but they've shown last year, you know, they're willing to make that adjustment for a guy that's been around as long as Sano has because you have an Alex Kirilov who can step in at first base, because you have somebody like Trevor Larnick who can come up and uh, put up big numbers um, and, and – obviously has all the talent in the world and especially because of the urgency with a guy like Sonny Gray with a guy like Carlos Correa and um, because Rocco's shown that I think um, there's probably going to be flexibility and adaptation as things go on um, as uh, as we again saw for a period last year. One, One thing that did pan out in 2021 and there weren't many of those for the Twins in a disappointing year was Jorge Polanco at second base and uh, he, he, he settled in there, and now with uh, Correa to his right, uh, that, that has to be a, a pretty good feeling for Polanco and a good situation to be in. Yeah, I was just looking at this. He's had five different double. Correa will be his fifth different double play partner in five years. Wow. Um, and uh, I think it, it goes back to Brian Dozier, and Brian Dozier in like 2018, and then there was uh, like Jonathan Scope in there, Anderson Simmons a couple of years ago. I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out. But it hasn't been consistent. And the one thing that's been consistent now for Jorge Polanco is that he'll be at second base for, uh, for another year. And that's a place where he's grown comfortable. Um, it's a place where the injury risk is uh, a lot less. The stress on his body is a lot less. It helps him perform at his potential. And when you work with a guy like Correa, we talked with Polanco in the aftermath. He's thrilled. And he's already saying, you know, Polanco came in, or excuse me, Correa came in preaching, we're going to do everything with championship mentality. We're going to see perfection and everything like that. And Polanco's saying, you know, listen, like in the room, when we're out on the field, just even doing infield drills, everything just feels so much more intense than before. And Polanco's been through, you know, a couple winning seasons with this team, but he's been around here for a long time. I think he's the longest tenured twin, and I'm sure he wants to see some winning too. And Carlos Correa coming in. He's a proven winner. He's a proven playoff winner. And I think um, he's feeding off the energy from that for sure. Yeah, it, it, it's still a crazy moment. I remember when I heard it, and I'm like, come on. This is the onion, <laughs> right? This this didn't really happen. And then I, I start seeing uh, credible sources like yourself 
lay the news out, I'm like, wow, this is a real deal. I, I still think some of the Twins fans that I talk to are still kind of, uh, it's like, wow. Forget Twins fans, me too. I mean, I've been watching this <laughs> right. dude play every spring game. I looked down at this dude with Correa on his back, like waving a waving a bat in the bat in the on deck circle, and I'm like, "What is this?" I I still have like a "What is going on?" moment every now and then, like looking yeah. down at him in a Twins uniform. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Uh, one one other item I want to bring up. Get your thoughts. One week from opening day, the makeup of the bullpen and where that sits at the moment, because obviously that that's a huge part of this. Very unorthodox situation in the bullpen. Very, very unorthodox situation. And I think that's the final big piece of the puzzle here because um, the roster is mostly sorted out. It's the fourth outfield and the bullpen, a large chunk of the bullpen. That's kind of the question here because the first factor that comes into play, there's the 28-man roster officially announced today through May 1st. Um, every team is going to just load up on pitchers because of that, especially because the short and spring guys aren't stretched out yet. And what ends up happening there, and Rocco's kind of talked us through this, uh, the Twins will either take 15 or 16 pitchers. I don't see any world where they take any fewer than that. Um, five of those are starters. Five of those are your back-end bullpen guys. That's Taylor Rogers, Tyler Duffy, Jorge Alcala, Caleb Steelbar, and Joe Smith. And then the other five or six guys, Rocco's saying, we want all of those guys to be able to give us two or three innings if needed. Just because in the early part of the season, starters are only going to be going three to three, four innings because uh, they're not fully stretched out. So you just have innings that need to be eaten. So there's guys like Devin Smeltzer, who we've seen before, Danny Coulomb, who we've seen before, uh, Griffin Jackson in the bullpen now. But the two kind of big fascinating cases there are Joan Duran and Josh Weiner, who are two of the top pitching prospects in the entire organization. Duran throws 101 with the crazy pitch called a splinker. It's like a splitter-sinker hybrid that nobody can touch. Uh, he was starting for his entire minor league career this spring. The Twins are like, he's probably going to be in the bullpen, and he's been ridiculous out of the bullpen. And Josh Winder uh, really came up over the last couple of years, but he's also really he, – he's been starting throughout the spring, but Rocco has now said, you know, we're really open to, you know, using him for two to three innings out of the bullpen if we need to. So I think those are two big, exciting arms that are going to be a huge part of the Twins' future to watch as soon as opening day maybe. Yeah. Well, here it is, a week away. No good to visit with you. Take care. Safe travels back to the cities. Appreciate it, Steve. Talk to you soon. All right, there he is, Doe Young Park. Once again, uh, Twins beat writer for MLB.com. How about that? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.